This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Marfan syndrome is a genetic disorder that affects the body's connective tissue. Though people with the condition can look long and lean and ideal for certain sports, strenuous activity can be dangerous because the disease can cause enlargement of the aorta and lead to sudden death under extreme exertion. For Marfan Syndrome Awareness Month, we spoke to Alan Braverman, professor of medicine at Washington University, cardiologist at Barnes-Jewish Hospital, and a member of the Professional Advisory Board and Board of Directors of the Marfan Syndrome Foundation about the disease, how it's diagnosed, and what patients with the condition can do to lead a long and healthy life. Alan, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's my pleasure. It's Marfan Syndrome Awareness Month, so we thought it would be a, a good time to connect with you. We're, we're going to talk about Marfan Syndrome, what it is, and why it's something that young people who may fit the bill and, and physicians may want to think about as we enter a time for spring sports and spring sport physicals. Let's start with Marfan Syndrome itself. What is it? How rare is it? How does it manifest itself? And what's the prognosis for someone who has it? Okay, uh, Marfan syndrome is a um, disorder of the connective tissue. It's a hereditary disorder. It's inherited uh, as an autosomal dominant condition, or it can be a new change in a gene where no one in the family before the individual has it. It affects about 1 in 5,000 to 1 in 10,000 people. So it's not um, rare, but it's not common. Um, the reason it's important to recognize Marfan syndrome is if it, uh, if it is recognized appropriately and treated, then one can expect to live a long lifespan. If not recognized, Marfan syndrome can lead to a progressive aneurysm or an enlargement of the aorta, the large blood vessel leaving the heart, and if that's not recognized, the aorta can dissect or burst, and, and that can be fatal. Uh, the reason it's important to recognize in young people who are interested in, well, young, well, it, the reason it's important to recognize in anyone is it's a treatable condition that has a good prognosis when recognized. In, 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 in a young person or an athlete, um, the, the, the reason this can come up is Marfan syndrome tends to cause tall stature. So, uh, the, the abnormal protein involved in Marfan syndrome is called fibrillin. And it leads to an excess in long bone growth. So people with Marfan syndrome are typically tall for their family. They have long arms and long legs and um, sometimes hyperflexibility. So that may lend to uh, 
you know, a benefit as an athlete, such as a basketball player or a volleyball player or a swimmer because of tall stature and agility. When somebody, so um, you say, well, what would the features be that would that might uh, uh, make one think about Marfan syndrome in a person that uh, came for a sports physical or a general evaluation by a practitioner or a nurse or, or a physician or even thinking about it as a parent? So that would be typically tall stature, long arms, long legs, long fingers, long toes, flexible joints, abnormalities of the skeleton, such as a curved spine called scoliosis, or abnormalities of the chest bone called a pectus deformity, where the chest bone either indents, which is more common, called a pectus excavatum, or the chest bone protrudes outward, or a pigeon chest, or also called pectus carinatum. These are some of the outward features which may bring it to attention. Well, that, that's Mark kind of a yeah, cruel irony of this, this condition because people who, who may have it could be singled out as potentially ideal athletes. What, why is it that physical exertion with this condition can be so deadly? In Marfan syndrome, one of the cardinal features is an abnormality of the elastic tissue. The abnormal protein in Marfan syndrome is one of the most important building blocks of the elastic fiber. And the muscular blood vessel, the aorta, receives the pulse of every heartbeat. So it has to dissipate or receive that force. And, and um, um, in Marfan syndrome, the abnormal elastic tissue leads the aorta to enlarge gradually, eventually forming an aneurysm. Low levels of physical activity are perfectly safe for almost all conditions and are healthy as far, as far as the lifestyle goes. More intense physical activities, such as competition, competitive sports, running as fast as you can, lifting heavy weights or straining oneself with doing more intense training or, or a participation in certain athletics, leads to an increased blood pressure and an increased force on that aorta. So heavy, intense training and certain types of sports put the Marfan aorta at risk for either further enlargement or a catastrophic tear or aortic dissection. Listeners may be familiar with Baylor basketball star Isaiah Austin, who was diagnosed with Marfan syndrome right before the 2014 NBA draft. What did that mean for him? When, um, when an individual is diagnosed with Marfan syndrome, it requires a kind of a multidisciplinary evaluation. And every, every circumstance is a little bit different. But in general, when the diagnosis of Marfan syndrome is made, unfortunately, we restrict intense athletics at the highest level. Even competitive sports like basketball, wrestling, football, in a high school level, athlete with Marfan syndrome is prohibited, really gearing toward more uh, sports which are considered safer, such as recreational sports, swimming, golf, things like that. For someone at the highest level of athletics, like um, Isaiah Austin, um, one would be very cautious as far as uh, participation. And unfortunately, his um, NBA uh, desires and dreams were cut short when the diagnosis was made. So it was recommended against that sort of participation as far as my understanding is. You, you mentioned that this is a, a treatable condition. How is it typically treated? Once the diagnosis of Marfan syndrome is made, then the treatment depends on all the organ systems involved. It can involve the skeleton, as we mentioned, so sometimes that involves orthotics and orthopedic concerns. 
The eyes are typically involved with nearsightedness or myopia, so corrective lenses, and occasionally lens surgery is required. Some patients are at risk for retinal detachment. As far as the aorta and blood vessels go, medications may lessen the growth of the aorta by either lessening the stress and strain on the aorta, medications such as a beta blocker, or may alter signaling pathways that are known to be important in the progression of aortic disease, such as the TGF beta signaling pathway. And that there are medications called ARB drugs like Losartan, typical blood pressure medicine, which may lessen aortic growth based on that molecular mechanism. And then the person's uh, observed over time with echocardiograms and imaging studies like a CT scan or an MRI to assess the shape and size and diameter of the aorta. If the aorta reaches a certain diameter, typically close to 5 centimeters or greater, then preventative or prophylactic aortic aneurysm surgery by a skilled cardiac surgeon is performed. And that's a life-saving procedure in Marfan syndrome. So it really is recognition of the condition based on the outward and inward features and then prescription of medications such as a beta blocker and for an ARB drug like Losartan, routine echocardiograms, occasional imaging with MRI or CT scan, and then timely preventative aortic surgery if necessary, and then lifelong follow-up. Well, even though uh, someone with Marfan syndrome shouldn't be doing intense athletics or or competitive sports, it's not to say people with Marfan syndrome shouldn't exercise. Are there do's and don'ts for people with the condition when it comes to exercise? That's an, an outstanding point. People with Marfan syndrome can be expected to live a long life. So he or she must still maintain a healthy lifestyle with regard to diet and exercise. So routine, low to moderate levels of aerobic exercise are important for bones, for weight, for muscle tone, for cholesterol, for blood pressure, for all the things that you or me or anybody else in our society needs to do for the long, for a long, healthy life. And people with Marfan syndrome are no different. So there are there are um, pretty well established uh, recommendations, and the Marfan Foundation has those listed on the website, where we we uh, recommend you know safe levels or low-risk levels of exercise, such as recreational low levels of aerobics, like, again, walking, light jogging, recreational bicycling, recreational swimming, golf, tennis, things like that, that we think are perfectly safe for the greatest majority of people with Marfan syndrome and related disorders. There are unique conditions where one might, where one should consult with a physician about, such as if prior aneurysm has occurred or an aortic dissection, where, where one might have to be more restrictive, but in general, low to moderate levels of aerobic activity are considered low risk. And if a, a Marfan syndrome patient is using a beta blocker or had aortic surgery and maybe using an anticoagulant, does that affect the types of physical activity they can engage in? Um, being on a medication such as a beta blocker or an ARB drug like Losartan doesn't really change the aortic risk. It leads Those medications may lead to a lower progression of aortic growth over a lifetime, but they don't protect, protect one against performing higher levels of physical activity. If one has to be on an anticoagulant for a mechanical aortic, or sorry, mechanical heart valve or an irregular heart rhythm, well, that does come into play as far as bleeding risk with, with the competitive sports that involve collision and contact. But many of those sports are recommended against regardless when one has Marfan syndrome, either from a aortic standpoint or a skeletal standpoint or because of risks to the eye. 
how difficult is it for someone to get a, a diagnosis with this condition, and, and how are they typically diagnosed? One of the most challenging parts about diagnosing someone with Marfan syndrome is the realization that the outward features or the way one looks because of Marfan syndrome can be highly variable. Even in families where we know Marfan syndrome exists, it can be difficult to just look at someone casually and know whether they have the condition or not. So it takes a specialist like a medical geneticist or another specialist, an internist, a cardiologist, a pediatrician, who's well-trained in the recognition of Marfan and related connective tissue disorders. So a complete physical examination is required, a slit lamp eye exam by a skilled optometrist or an ophthalmologist to diagnose lens dislocation, an echocardiogram to evaluate the aortic size. Those are all the requirements. And then putting all that information together, there's a, there are score, there's a scoring system called the Gent nosology that's used to try to make the diagnosis. And then one can use genetic testing to see if the FBN1 gene, the gene causative of Marfan syndrome, is present or, in some circumstances, a related different gene, which leads to Loewy's Dietz or another related connective tissue disorder. So um, for the majority of individuals where Marfan syndrome is suspected because of the outward features, one can come to a conclusion whether the person has the condition or not based on a very comprehensive evaluation with a multidisciplinary approach. But some individuals, it's still arbitrary or ambiguous, and we still we just follow the person over time to see if they will meet criteria for Marfan syndrome or if the aorta will grow or other features will develop. So um, in some people, it's very challenging. At, at what point should someone consult a physician, or at what point should a, a, a physician have a, a light go off and have said that this is something to investigate? That's a critical point. The, the vast majority of tall, healthy uh, athletes, of course, do not have Marfan syndrome or related disorder. They're tall because they, the tall stature runs in their family or they um, receive the genes that lead to tall stature. The, the Marfan syndrome is named a syndrome because multiple features are present. So when an individual has features that would bring up this suspicion, like a dislocated lens of the eye, extremely tall stature for a family, uh, unexplained collapsed lung or a pneumothorax, an enlarged aorta, or if somebody has a family history of an aortic dissection, an aortic aneurysm, unexplained sudden death in a young individual, family member, father, brother, mother, where the condition is raised, then evaluation should be undertaken. It's a pretty... Um, routine examination, physical examination, measuring arm span and height, uh, looking carefully at the eyes with a slit lamp lens exam and an echocardiogram. To make the diagnosis of Marfan syndrome, if somebody has no family history of the disorder, has a normal eye exam, has a normal aortic exam, they won't make the diagnosis of Marfan syndrome and they can be reassured. If someone is diagnosed with a condition, what kind of ongoing care is necessary? Do they need to see a cardiologist with regularity? Or? Yes. So the, the, the long-term or uh, continuous care of the individual with Marfan syndrome or related disorder involves um, follow-up. Well, again, some of it depends upon which organ systems are involved. But in general, uh, a cardiology evaluation on an annual basis to evaluate the aorta and the mitral valve the condition of the heart muscle is required. Adjustment of medications is necessary, but depending upon the blood pressure and heart rate and whether the aorta has changed in size. 
that would be part of the evaluation, a routine eye exam, and many times that's once a year uh, earlier in life, and then depending upon symptoms, maybe less frequently later in life. And then the orthopedic evaluation would depend upon which uh, joints or bones are at, uh, at risk at that time. What's the outlook for better therapies? And is there something that can be treated with potentially regenerative therapies that can fix this problem once and for all? There's never been a better time to have a genetic condition, including Marfan syndrome. There's a tremendous amount of research ongoing with regard to uh, molecular mechanisms using mouse model uh, and other um, basic science uh, techniques to study this condition. There are new therapies that are being tried in animal models. There's hope for human trials of therapies that may impact the natural history of Marfan syndrome. Surgery is getting safer, more effective, and new surgical techniques are being tried around the world that may change the uh, outcome of people with Marfan syndrome. So I think when one looks at the natural history of Marfan syndrome based on current information, if a person can expect to live into his or her 70s or more, and so it's not quite the same as the normal population. That information is based on data now 20 years old. We expect the, the outlook to only become brighter. Alan Braverman, Professor of Medicine at Washington University, cardiologist at Barnes Jewish Hospital, and a member of the Professional Advisory Board and Board of Directors of the Marfan Foundation. Alan, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pure delight. Uh, that was great. Uh, I'll pop a note when it goes live, which I believe will be next week. You know, you were great to do this, and Eileen uh, asked me to do it. And thank you so much for taking the time. It'll 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 make a lot of. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.